Hello, my darlings. Some dear friends of mine have made an audio drama, and I thought you might enjoy pointing your ears at it. A feminist romance novel, comma, podcast, exclamation point, Temptations at Sweetwater Creek, is a laugh-out-loud, feel-good, smart feminist, in its name, it's right there, you know, rom-com that plays with the genre that it lovingly pokes fun at. I love this show, and I hope you will too. Here is a quick synopsis before we start in, so skip ahead if you want to dive in spoiler-free. What if you were suddenly plunged into the world of a romance novel? Charlotte, April, and Polly find out when their car breaks down in Texas during a cross-country road trip. After taking refuge in the Sweetwater Creek Ranch Inn, they meet Jack, a brooding cowboy with a rough exterior, Luke, a sexy innkeeper, searching for a friend, and Dylan, a mysterious guest who may, or may not, be a vampire. Driven by a narrator obsessed with romance and happy endings, our three friends are whipped into a frenzy of sex, doubt, and betrayal. Doesn't that sound delightful? Listen on, and you'll be immersed in the first episode of this raunchy tale. And if you like it, you can head on over to the A Feminist Romance Novel, Podcast, Exclamation Point, Temptations at Sweetwater Creek podcast feed, and listen to the rest of the show, which, as of this past Wednesday, is now complete. It's a Valentine's Day treat for the ears. All right, that's enough from me. Sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome, friends, to a feminist romance novel podcast, Temptations at Sweetwater Creek. This story will take you on a journey of sex, betrayal, friendship, and love. Due to sensual content, listener discretion is advised. Now, Enjoy episode one, The Road to Temptation. Headed west after landing the job interview of a lifetime, Charlotte Finkelstein had her life in order, or so she thought. An unplanned detour would take her down a road she never predicted. A road called temptation. But can she love a man who stands for everything she detests? Jack Rhodes is a simple man. A calloused rancher. He likes trucks, cattle, leaving the toilet seat up, and uncomplicated women. Charlotte is nothing like anyone he's ever met. A feminist. When their worlds collide, sparks ignite. But will their flame burn bright, or will one of them be a total dick? Find out as desire blossoms and passions are unleashed at Sweetwater Creek. A lone car cruised down the highway, cutting through the hot, rugged Texas landscape. 
After a few days of driving, Charlotte, Polly, and April thought they'd seen all the road had to offer. Little did they know that fate had brought them here to discover their heart's desires. Ugh, I hate how Jezebel's opinions are largely what I believe, but sometimes different in subtle ways. Hold on, April. I gotta practice for my interview. You know I'm meeting Dr. Nina Pradesh, the first woman to win the Howard Vandermeer Award for Linguistics and Applied Social Change. That's like the Golden Globes for linguistics. Good afternoon, Dr. Pradesh. My name is Charlotte Finkelstein, and I'm a huge fan of your work. Your second book was the basis for my master's thesis on new horizons of clause restructuring and computational sociolinguistics in the urban landscape. Boo, I'm asleep. That's already the worst. Are any of those real words? I only use real words. I'm a linguistic descriptivist. All words are real. Do do I have to explain this to you again? Well, while you're using real words at San Diego State, Polly and I will be out having fun. What do you want to do, Polly? Oh, I've already made plans. You and I are going to go out on the prowl. Polly, no. You know I'm still not over Beth. You really have to forget about Beth. She sucked. Also, then what the hell did you mean by going out for fish tacos? Uh, I meant actually going out for fish tacos. You know the unofficial dish of San Diego? Guys, I have to practice. Dr. Pradesh, it's such an honor to meet you. May I just say how huge you are in in the field? You're huge in the field, like really big. Not that, like, you're a big person. You're regular-sized. Maybe I should start over. To quote Foucault... Ah! Your shitty speech broke the car! Polly! Oh, come on, guys. I love you. I'll pop open the hood and take a look. I'm an engineer... I can do this. April, you're a software engineer. She's still an engineer. Just let her give it a shot. Okay. Um, Charlotte, uh, turn it off and then turn it back on again. Well, I'm out of ideas. My phone doesn't have any bars. Shit, shit, shit. I cannot miss this interview, guys. April. Using the materials we have in the car, can you build a cell tower? What do you think software engineers do? Hey, look, there's a ranch over there. Maybe someone has a phone that works? Ugh, no, it looks boring. We're definitely not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) That joke wasn't funny when we left Kansas, and it's definitely not funny now. A man appeared in the distance. He was tall, dusty, and walked with a relaxed swagger. His jeans were tucked into a pair of old cowboy boots, and the brim of his black cowboy hat shaded his eyes, but not his square jawline and five o'clock shadow. His sculpted arms hung loosely at his sides. His chest was so broad, it had its own zip code. When he reached the car, he tipped his hat back and said, What seems to be the problem, ladies? I want to go to the ranch now. Hey, I'm Jack. Hello, stranger. We're having a little trouble with the engine. We need to get to San Diego. I took a look. There's clearly a problem with the motherboard. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, why don't you step aside and let me have a look? hmm? 
Ah, there we go. Just like a female not to bother checking her radiator fluid before driving through the Texas desert. Uh, just like a female? Oh, yeah, it, it's because we're females. And I guess because we're females, we also can't do math or open jars or go to work when we're menstruating. Uh, you, you done carrying on? Because to me, it looks like your radiator's as dry as an armadillo's asshole. Gross. If you're going to be a jerk, we don't want your help. Just tell us where the nearest mechanic is, and we'll walk on our lady legs. April, put the car in neutral. Polly and I will push. Hard pass. Uh, I'm the only mechanic in 50 miles. Looks like you girls are stuck with me. Sure, Polly, come here. He's clearly an insecure dick who's probably obsessed with CrossFit or something, but we need his help. Fine, but only because I refuse to miss my chance to meet Dr. Nina Pradesh. Yes! Ranch, ranch, ranch! Yep, that's my ranch over there. Now, we've got a little inn y'all could stay in until I've got this thing up and running again. <sighs> okay... The three friends entered the lobby of the rustic Texas Inn, dusty and worn from their time on the road. Charlotte paused to wipe the sweat from her brow. Ugh, I have total swamp ass, and that guy is such a jerk. He is hot, though. Eh. Oh, shush. I know you're only into those hipster beardos and butch babes like Beth. You're so liberated. Polly stopped short as all three women noticed the devastatingly handsome man standing at the desk. As he turned, his lustrous blonde hair moved in waves around his face. His kind, green eyes shone like stars. Polly, Charlotte, and April shifted their gaze downward from his broad, muscular shoulders to his toned stomach, where his button-down was tucked into his very tight jeans. This was the most attractive man any of them had ever seen. Hello. Welcome to the Sweetwater Creek Ranch Inn. My name is Luke. I'm Charlotte. <laughs> I'm April. And I am up for anything. Luke shook Polly's hand. Sorry I'm so sweaty. It's hot outside. <laughs> yes, I'm really hot too. Yes, you are. Let me cool down a bit. Hand me that glass of water. Nice. We need a room for the night. Our car broke down? Of course. Let me take your bags. I got your car in the garage, but your radiator's pretty much tits up. Ah, a true wordsmith. It'll be at least two days before the parts come in. It's gonna come out to about $540. Jack took off his jacket to reveal his strong, muscular arms. Underneath, he was wearing a tight tank top that clung to his clearly defined six-pack. Plus labor. Charlotte couldn't help but notice the glistening sweat beating on Jack's neck. Her gaze traveled down to his abs. Was he flexing, or is that just how they are? Her heart fluttered as he turned to look her in the... Eyes up here, buddy. Are you trying to rip me off? You think you can get a radiator for less than that on a short notice out in the desert? <laughs> and install it yourself. <laughs> Good luck with that, lady. April pulled Charlotte and Polly aside. Hey, Maybe it wouldn't be so bad to stay here for a day or two. We could get some more girl time, you know? 
Lady friends, Vagina 5! What is that? It's when you take your vaginas and... That's not a thing that will never be a thing. Well, what's it gonna be? As Charlotte tried not to stare at Jack's rugged physique, she realized it might not be so bad sticking around for a couple extra days. All right, all right. Well, if we're stuck here, where can we get some dinner? The nearest restaurant is about a 50-mile walk, and uh, we don't have Uber. So I guess we'll be seeing a lot of each other. Great. This place is huge. What's in here? Polly entered a dim-lit room, plush with velvet and heavy brocade curtains. The walls were lined with those fairy tale bookcases that go all the way to the ceiling. There's a library? At this ranch? Polly was so overwhelmed by the selection of books that she immediately forgot how weird it was for this ranch to have a library. Read it, read it, loved it. Ew. Read it, read it, nope. <laughs> Never. Ooh, maybe. There was a handsome, raven-haired boy reading quietly in an armchair in the corner of the room. Polly's eyes were drawn to his striking pale skin and exquisite cheekbones. His withdrawn manner spoke of wisdom beyond his years, with a secret undertone of sensual heartbreak. Hey there. What's your reading? Hmm? A book. It probably wouldn't interest you. It's a history of Romanian noble houses. Oh, like the Bogdan Musats? Oh, how did you... I got really into medieval political history when I studied abroad in Bucharest. Have you read about Alexander the Good? I mean, he's no Stephen the Great, but he was pretty cool. Well, I'm sure there's no such person as... Oh. Wow. You know a lot about history. Thanks. I'm Polly. Dylan. I'm staying in the room down the hall, just for a day or two. Our car broke down. That's... This place is nice, but I get bored really quickly. Is there anything fun to do around here? Look, I came here to be left alone. I'm not much of a uh, people person. Polly could tell that Dylan's quiet demeanor was barely concealing a writhing pool of sexy emotion. Aw, come on. You might not know it, but I specialize in introverts. Not like me. People shouldn't get too close to me. It ends poorly. Why? Because you're a vampire? <laughs> no! What? That's crazy. Holy shit, you're a vampire! I'm not a vampire. I'm just pale and leaving. Polly watched as Dylan left the room. She was taken with this cream-skinned boy. She sensed a deep soul reaching out to her. His pale features and dark hair only added to the mystery that so intrigued her and made her feel tingly inside. I'm gonna true blood the shit out of that vampire. While looking for her room, April found herself in the kitchen, alone with that grade-A hunk Luke. He was singing to himself as he swept the floor. She watched his sweeping motions transform, growing ever more rhythmic until he was lost in the wild abandon of dance. An old hand on a fancy plate Should have gotten cleaned up 
but it's sat a whole day. It's a dust mite in your cabernet. It's a tall glass of milk past the expiration date. And isn't it? <laughs> nice moves. Oh, sorry. I know it's not cool for a man to dance to Alanis Morissette. Are you kidding? I had this shit on cassette. I had such a crush on Alanis in high school. She and Tori Amos were sort of an awakening for 15-year-old me. People around here always give me a hard time for it. For such a handsome man, Luke was surprisingly sensitive. April was drawn to him, which was strange because she hadn't been drawn to anyone since Beth. Can I help you clean up? Sure. Grab that duster. April picked up the duster and got started on the windowsill. Out of the corner of her eye, she noticed that Luke had begun dancing again. His body rippled against the broom with rhythmic gusto. It's like stains you didn't notice all day. It's free time, but you just bought game. It's air dried, but you left it in the rain. And damn, do you see Luke's figure? <clears throat> Luke noticed April's eyes on his body. He paused to collect himself. Sorry, let's just do the dishes. Can you throw me that soap? April was distracted by the curve of his lower back, shown off so masterfully by his thrusting dance moves. Um, sure. April's grip slipped and a long stream of soap squirted across the room and soaked Luke's chest. His wet shirt clung to every ab. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. Luke pulled his shirt over his head, super sexy-like. His buff chest sparkled with soapy magnificence. Well, no use wasting all this soap. Luke rubbed the soap all over his bare chest. April's eyes were glued to his glistening muscular torso. He looked like a Greek god. If Luke was her boyfriend, it would make Beth totally jealous. So pretty. What? Whoa, look at the time. I have to go do a thing now. Bye. Bye? The women joined Jack and Luke in the wood-paneled dining room. Luke wore blue jeans and an apron tied tightly around his waist, accentuating his many assets. Jack sat at the head of the table, his trusty hat resting on his knee, as he leaned back in his chair to read from a small book of poetry. Out where the hand clasps a little stronger. Out where the smile dwells a little longer. That's where the West begins. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, that's how I built this inn, and uh, Luke ended up running it for me. Never thought I would end up on a ranch. So what do you three do up in Boston? Well, I'm finishing up my PhD in linguistics, and hopefully I'm going to be working with my idol, Dr. Nina Pradesh, in San Diego. I mean, it's a huge opportunity. It would mean leaving all of my friends and family behind, of course, and I don't exactly know how I'd handle that, but it would just shoot me right to the top of my field. I mean, people work for years to even be considered for a role on Dr. Nina Pradesh's team, so... My sister's in linguistics! She's actually... And I'm a software engineer. I'm a venture capitalist. You invested in Cat Stash. Huh? It's an app that puts mustaches on pictures of cats. I love Cat Stash. Exactly. 
So I made a buttload of money, and now I just look for other cool stuff to invest in. Apparently, I'm awesome at it. So anyway, where is that hot coffin stuffer, Dylan? He prefers to eat in his room. He's a very private person. Private bloodsucker, more like. Is that the doorbell? No, it is the oven. It is done. Who's ready for this hot beef? Mm. It's my famous meatloaf. Are you sure you want to eat that much meatloaf, Charlotte? (laughs) What are you implying? Well, it doesn't look like you work out a lot. So, you don't want to eat that much meat in a single sitting. I do CrossFit five days a week, so I need all this meatloaf in order to maintain my metabolic levels. But for someone of your size and uh, level of activity, you probably want to limit yourself to a small serving of lean protein and make up the rest with a salad. Holy shit, you were right, April. There are CrossFit bros in Texas. What, you think anyone could look this good without CrossFit? Ugh, You're incredible. You're like, you make me so hot under the collar. I mean, I mean, I'm angry. Not like, like, like hot, hot, like, like really mad. Crap, that didn't come out right. But was it completely wrong? Oh, I think you knew exactly what you were saying. Ladies like a man with strong opinions. And deep down, you know I'm right about the meatloaf. I'm just saying that everybody has a responsibility to themselves to remain healthy and fit. I'm pretty sure everyone can do whatever they choose to do with their bodies. And I choose to fill my body with meatloaf and gravy. Well, actually... I think you should back off, Jack. It's not worth it, Charlotte. I just don't understand what's wrong with self-improvement. I don't think people need to be improved. Don't get me wrong, you're fine to look at. Great. Then look at me, eating all this meatloaf. And this is why we can never go back to Bob's Big Boy. After dinner, Charlotte, Polly, and April met on the porch with their books and settled in for a nice read in the cool Texas air. Jack is such an asshole. You've said. Can we move on? I guess the upside to being stuck here on this back-assboards ranch is that I finally have some time to finish Dr. Renina Pradesh's new book. Yeah, Beth was waiting for that to come out for a long time. We've been over this. You have to stop talking about Beth. Sorry, I've just been thinking about her because I know she must be really nervous going up against you for this job. Wait. Your ex-girlfriend, a.k.a. my biggest linguistics rival, is also interviewing for the job with Dr. Nina Pradesh? Sorry, I wanted to tell you, but then you'd have figured out that I unblocked her on Facebook and I didn't want you to freak out. (laughs) Why would I freak out? Just because Beth beat me out for every other job, internship, exam, group project, open mic night. Guys, everything's gonna be fine. Let's just chill out and read our books. I know, I've been dying to read this forever. and never seem to have time, though. Yeah, the internet is too distracting. What do you have there, Polly? Is that Twilight? It's research. Okay, 
hey, Charlotte, whatever happened to that British spy novel you were writing? Yeah, that was awesome. I liked how the main character used her umbrella as a bow staff. It was like Mary Poppins' new kung fu. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I sent a draft out to some publishers, but I don't think they really understood what I was going for. Anyway, I sort of lost interest after that. Polly, sorry. This just reminded me of when you were dating Extreme Tony. Do you remember him? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, he was ripped, like, way more than Jack. Extreme Tony was extremely annoying. What are you talking about? He was a literal swimsuit model and a doctor. His whole life was just going to the gym and saving people's lives. Plus, he tried to mansplain the genius of Cat Stash to me. Me? No. What about Brent? He was pretty great. Yeah, wasn't he some kind of self-help guru? He was okay, but I got really tired of living on the compound and having to make my own soap. Yeah, it was a cult. Oh my god! Why didn't you say something? Eh. My only regret is that we could have made bank on that artisanal soap if he'd let me market it properly. But no, the horse god didn't say it was so... (sighs) I always really liked Kill Death. Oh, yeah, he was really sweet. Didn't care for his music, though. Still can't believe he died in that motorcycle jousting accident. I told him to wear his helmet. He never listened to me. I wonder what Dr. Nina Pradesh smells like. That's a weird thing to wonder. But what if she's wearing a really strong perfume and I cough or sneeze and she thinks I have allergies? Or what if she doesn't like the way that I smell and doesn't want me to stink up the office? Yeah, that could hypothetically happen. I don't really see why you're bringing it up. I'm just trying to consider all possibilities. That's why I brought 10 different scents just in case. Do you think that Dr. Nina Pradesh is more of a vanilla lavender person or patchouli spice? Charlotte, you're spinning. Whatever you pick will be fine. No, she's too classy for that. (gasps) Maybe hibiscus palm. Charlotte, you've got this. No matter the perfume. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Thanks for that reminder. Back to reading. Well, this was really nice. Yeah, it feels good to finally get some reading done. Yeah, I'm going to bed. I'll catch up. I'm going to get some air. Charlotte decided to take a stroll through the rolling Texas fields. She needed to cool her head after the revelation that her rivalry with Beth had followed her here, halfway across the country. The sun was getting low, and the sky's hue went from scarlet red to deep purple. Charlotte, lost in thought, was unaware of the dark, encroaching clouds on the horizon. Why did it have to be Beth? Bloody hell, I mean anyone but Beth. Ugh. I can handle a little healthy competition. Honestly, I can. But she just makes me so... Ah. She's always like, 
Hey, Charlotte, do you want to join our study group? As if I can't study on my own. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, Charlotte, watch out for that puddle. As if I'm the Wicked Witch of the West. I'm not going to melt Beth. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, Charlotte, do you need to borrow some pants? Yours are all wet from that puddle. <sighs> what a bitch. <sighs> Was that thunder? Yep, that's thunder, all right. Jack appeared out of nowhere, startling Charlotte. He looked windswept and rosy-cheeked, as if he'd been exercising with weights. What are you doing out here? The storm is coming soon. We better get indoors. Oh, no. Puddles. Beth! Huh? Uh, Where can we go? I got a little barn we could stay in until this storm passes. Thank God. Yeah, that was a close call. Yeah. Yeah. So? So, uh, this is my barn. As you can see, it's full of hay. (laughs) Yes, I can see that. I'm sorry we gotta stand so close together. uh, Because of all the hay. And also all of this CrossFit gear... I do not and will not apologize for CrossFit. With all the hay and workout equipment, Charlotte found herself standing tantalizingly close to Jack. She could feel the heat coming off Jack's wet clothes, which clung to his chest and other parts. The smell of hay was intoxicating. Wow, this barn smells really bad. Well, I'm sorry this ain't the Ritz-Carlton. It's fine. How long do you think we'll be stuck in here? Uh, well, uh, I don't know. The, these Texas storms are uh, unpredictable. It could clear up real soon, or we could be stuck in here all night. Charlotte was aware of her hip lightly brushing against Jack's large thigh. <laughs> Startled by the enormous thunderclap, Charlotte jumped into Jack's strong, damp arms. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, don't worry. It's only natural for a frightened woman to seek the comfort of a masculine presence. I was just startled, and it's so cramped in this sweat barn. I I mean, this wet barn. No, wait, it, it is a sweat barn because of the CrossFit. And besides... I haven't even noticed how comfortingly masculine your arms are. That's just stupid. It's okay if you're scared. I'm not. Well, then why don't you get down? Well, why don't you put me down? Charlotte flushed with embarrassment. She didn't want to admit how good it felt to be held in Jack's arms, her body pressed against his chest. She gazed at his broad, wet shoulders and down to his Herculean biceps. Oh, you're looking at my seps? I've been working on them. I am definitely not. (laughs) I gotta get out of here. Do you think it's letting up? Oh, don't be like that. Just because you lost the fight earlier? (laughs) Excuse me? Mm, You are mistaken because I won that fight. (laughs) Hey, if that's what you need to tell yourself. But I know the next time you sit down to a plate of meatloaf, you're going to think just a little bit harder about how it affects your macros. <laughs> that assumes I know or care what macros are. 
maybe instead of macros, you should be thinking about manners. It's no business of yours how other people eat or live or... I'm only trying to help. What's the use of getting all hot and bothered? I'm not hot and bothered. You're hot and bothering me. I mean, I am hot. Damn hot. And you know what? This is my side of the sweat barn. So just stay over there and leave me alone. That's the way you want to play this? I'm drawing a line in this hay right here. Well, joke's on you, because the CrossFit equipment is on my side. Enjoy watching my sweet gains. I will not enjoy that. Or will she? Will Polly take a bite out of Dylan? Will Luke make that delicious meatloaf again? And who's hiding a terrible secret? Find out next time on A Feminist Romance Novel Podcast. Temptations at Sweetwater Creek. A Feminist Romance Novel Podcast, Temptations at Sweetwater Creek, is a Cat's Dash production. Starring Emily Lavadier as Charlotte, Aaron Sheehy as April, Nicole Abadanza as Polly, Alex DeRue as Jack, Devin Courtney as Luke, Gregory Scott as Dylan, Liz Jakowski as the announcer, and featuring R.H. Abdelghani as the narrator. Original song, Platonic Part 1, written by Cat Stash, performed by Devin Courtney. We extend our sincere appreciation to Alanis Morissette. This episode included an excerpt from Arthur Chapman's 1917 poem, Out Where the West Begins. Our show was written, produced, and directed by Cat Stash, Sam McGeary, Leah Birkenwald, and Ben Sandler. Foley, audio engineering, and original music composed by Jonah Garcia. Original artwork by Natalie Koskel. Dialogue recorded at The Bridge Sound and Stage in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Find us online at catstash.net, facebook.com slash catstashproductions, and at catstash on Instagram. For Catstash, I'm Sam Aguirre. Thanks for listening.